Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I'm thrilled today to have Pastor Orika and another PJ. So we've got PJ introducing PJ here today. And um, I've known this couple for a number of years and um, heard great things about them over the years. Not been to the church, but just hear great things and hung around them for many years, actually, different conferences and with Scott Wilson and Mal Fletcher and Wave and different things. We always seem to end up in the same conferences over in, over in Europe. But... Um, over the years, we've hung out and we've talked about the kingdom of God. We've talked about church going from strength to strength and faith to faith. They pioneered a church some years ago. They've now got three campuses there. I mean, there's only about 100,000 in your town, 150,000 in your town, but their church is just exploding. Exploding. And we're at a time here in Citygate Church where I believe God wants this place to explode. There's a scripture where it says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at your hands. The kingdom's that close. Now, the kingdom's now in us. I know that. Don't get theological on me, but you you get the principle. But there's a great version of that scripture. I think it's called the Passion Translation, I think. I think that's the one that says this. And it says, it says, You need to change your mind and change your attitude because an invasion of the Holy Spirit is imminent. Change your mind, change your attitude because an invasion of the Holy Spirit is imminent. And I believe as we go through this year, we're going to experience more and more of an invasion of the Holy Ghost. Doesn't mean to say we go weird, start waving banners around the place and blowing shofars. Hello? No, that's not Citygate. Please don't do that. But how many of you know there's a lion inside of your lungs? said there's a lion inside of your life and as we were singing that song today I thought there's not just a lion inside of my lungs there's a lion on my face because it says in Chronicles their faces were like the faces of lions you know what that speaks to me of that speaks to me of an attitude that I will not be intimidated I will not give up I will not quit I will not hold back but I'm going to press in and lay hold of everything God has for my life. And I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet today because there's something about, you know, as they ate the Passover, they stood on their feet. And I know we like to fill its steak and it was delicious. And I was sitting down and I was enjoying myself. And I was relaxed and I was sitting back. But you know what? There's a time to eat the Word of God standing up. And we're not going to stand up through the whole preach. But I want you to stand up in your spirit right now. Just turn to someone. Give them a little pat on the belly if you know them. Give them a little pat and say, there's a lion in there. Now look at them. Say, there's a lion in your lungs. Come on, tell somebody, there's a lion on your face. Now Abraham lifted his hand to the Lord. Can we do that today? Because you know what that says? That says I'm partnering with the possessor of heaven and earth. And that means I'm a possessor of heaven and earth. Come on, can we pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit here today? Come on, let's, let's let a river out in this place. We're about to receive the Word of God in Citygate. Come on, if you're online here today, why don't you join in with us? Hundreds of people right now receiving online. Father God, as we stand here today, Lord, we want to declare the Lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring in City Gate Church. And Father, we stand here today 
as Abraham did, as Elijah did, as Moses did, as Paul did, even as the Lord Jesus did, we're standing in the very presence of Almighty God. And Father, right now, we lay hold of Your truth. Come on, church, press in today. God, we lay hold of Your truth. We lay hold of Your Word. We lay hold of fresh oil for our lives. And we thank You, Lord God, today for speaking into our hearts. We thank You, God, we have a hearing heart and we're not pathway, stony ground, weedy ground. God, we're good ground for the Word of God. And we believe and receive for the hundredfold return from every word that You speak. We're not just gonna be hearers, but we're gonna be those who do Your Word in Jesus' mighty Name. God, thank You for grace. Thank You for Your anointing. Thank You, God, for Your presence. Thank You, God, for Your glory. In Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a shout of faith in the house today. Jesus' mighty Name. Will you put your hands together as I invite PJ up to the platform? Come on up, mighty man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look at that picture. I'm actually looking younger today than there. <laughs> what a church this is. I mean, it's like coming home. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm just floored. I think this is... This is amazing. Wow. What God is doing here, if you, don't, if you can't see it, if you don't see it, you're blind. And you need, you need revelation today. God's going to shake you up, I, I promise you, if you don't see it. But what God is doing here, this is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. I, I, uh, I just posted a few things, you know, and, and I, I, uh, I, I sent some texts home. And uh, it was like, you know, revival is here. You know, it's, it's, it's revival atmosphere. And if you've been around for some years, you know, you, you pick it up right up, you know, it's instantly. You just pick it up. This is, there's a river flowing. It's, it's, it's not something that is just, you know, humanly, you know, produced, you know, in a, in, a, in a fleshly way or something we do just to create some kind of like pumped up type of atmosphere. And I love the music. I mean, I love the worship. What, 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 what phenomenal worship you have. Not only that he plays great guitars, you know, but he's just, come on, this is, this is awesome. This is, this is God moving in. And, um, and uh, I want to honor you, Julian, you and Sharon, Pastor, what you're doing here and what, what, what's, what's been done over the years. This is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And, uh, and I also see, you know, that, that um, and of course, you know, when you look at the move of God that you experience right now, this is not done without the enemy noticing. Come on. Both as a church, as a community of believers, as a family, but also individually, I guess. You, you, there's some of you right now are absolutely... I'm certain right in the, that pressure cooker right now, you're in that mill and you've been chewed on and so on. But God's going to do, he's going to do something phenomenal for you and it's going to pull you through. And uh, I just want to honor all of you today. So open your eyes, see it and uh, give your friend a big uh, high five now and say it's time for the word of God. Hallelujah. Trying to open my phone and it's got... All right. So, um, I got my wife with me, Ulrika. We got, a, we got a crazy love story. My father was a minister. We moved to a new city. Uh, I was turning 15. And it turned out there was a girl in the parallel class that was good looking. She got all the right details, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> I was just floored by that girl. It turned out she, she came to the same church, 
and the father was one of the leaders there and and uh, and uh, so in the youth group we're having some kind of party you know for for those of us who turn you know have the same birthday or so on and we we have the same birthday party even before we got together so turning 15 it didn't took long you know maybe six months or so we started going together and you know from there on and we got married when we got when we turned 20 and and uh, been married for a long time now and then i realized last night that julian ulrika and i we're born the same month the same year within a week from each other hallelujah so so it's got to be something special coming up here and then i realized sharon she's just born three months later than you know so it's it's phenomenal well i got a theme for my uh preaching today but before i do that i, I got a new book this is just brand new from Jan. it it, it, it uh, came out on the market in january and it's almost sold out I don't, I don't have many copies with me but this is a rather expensive book it's like a 30 40 pound type of book that we're selling today for i think it's 17 or 18 pounds this is a coffee table book i'm a very adventurous guy so i come from the north i'm the you know the hunter fisher outdoor guy sleeping outside minus 30 minus 40 uh snow machine i see if i look at your faces i see there's a lot of people here that don't understand what i'm talking about right now is i mean you're coming from down south or you're 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 brought up here in london where the the winters are maximum you know maximum like minus 10 maybe we had minus 46 a couple of weeks ago so this is a book for the those who survive so if you want to buy a book for that guy or that girl who kind of do the adventure you know in their uh, in front of the tv set or or dream about going you know crazy in siberia alaska you know north canada in the arctic this is that book full of pictures full of bible quotes but it's also uh, being uh, written in a way, so how do you prepare for an adventure? What kind of gear do you use? I know all the gear heads here, you know? It's like, how do you do it? How do you survive it? Who do you do it with? And how do you evaluate that? And so you can keep going again. So it's, have a look at it after the service. And if you like it, you can get it. And otherwise, you know, I'll dump them somewhere in the streets. I, I, don't, I don't carry them with me back home, so. I got a theme for my sermon today, and that is when God shows up. When God shows up. I understand you have a uh, rather energetic pastor. Am I wrong? Which means this is an energetic group of people. So you understand that the pastor always gets a little better when he gets great support. So this is how you do now. This is how you get a great sermon. You interact with me. And we move into the presence of God together and great things will happen. Okay? When God shows up. You can also say when God comes down. You should not say what I told uh, uh, your pastor yesterday when God steps down. Because that's another thing. God doesn't step down. He will step up. He will step into it. And it's going to help you today. So the presence of God changes everything. Do you know what I'm talking about? The presence of God changes everything. The presence of God is not a feeling, even though I love feelings. What a feeling. It's more than a feeling. More than a feeling. It's like all the 80s songs and 70s songs, it's crazy. We love the same music. I'm a rocker. I love metal. 
I love the hard stuff. But there's a romantic side to me too. Emotions, honey. But God and the presence of God is more than emotions. Well, compared to chemistry, the presence of God is more like dynamite. But it's also something that is very tangible. And it just, I mean, it can hover. It can, um, it can fill the room. It can, um, you know, I had my, uh, what do you call it? What do you call the guy who's prescribing glasses and helping you out? Yeah, yeah. That old guy. The old guy. He came to church for the first time. He's not saved. Because I had this uh, kind of promotion event for my new sign, book signing deal, you know, with my new book. And, and uh, he came to church. Came a little late. One of the worship songs before the preaching. I preached afterwards. Uh, he was sitting next to me and... Uh, in the worship he said good sound you know for a guy a white middle-aged guy the old guy it's 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 uh, it's a uh, you could say it's a it's a uh, sign that something is connecting okay and I said okay I'll, I'll go out and I'm gonna sign a couple of books you know when people are buying the books and he said I'll come with you and he came out with me in the lobby and and um, he's crying and, and he's, he's saying, oh, PJ, well, what's going on? I was so under pressure. I came here today and the pressure's gone. I was so depressed and the, the depression is gone. And I'm crying. What is happening to me? The presence of God changes everything. And there are multiple dimensions in how the presence of God moves. You know, that still voice, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. The one who is speaking through his word. The one who steps into that hospital room when, when you got all the other, you know, descriptions. And you could say the, uh, the judgment is there and... And uh, the final saying is there and you know instantly there's somebody else who's got the final decision, not the doctor and not the test results. There are other, other results coming. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So the presence of God changes everything. You know, imagine that Israelite, 40 years in the desert, you know, and he's coming out, talking about the book here, coming out of the tent, you know, and he zips up, you know, whatever the zip he had there, you know, or, or unfolds it and he, he looks out and he sees that fiery pillar and he turns to his wife and he says that, hey, honey, everything's okay. God is still with us. The presence of God changes everything. Well, you know, disciples in that storm, in that boat, you know, Jesus comes walking on the water and don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. In the wilderness, in the storm, wherever you are, you know, in that burning bush experience, in the fire furnace, in the valley, in the shadow of death, God's presence changes everything. Let's read from Exodus 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. Say, the far side of the wilderness. Come on, everybody. The far side of the wilderness. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, uh, though that the bush was on fire, did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am, God, I am the God of your father, the God of Abram, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. 
Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. In Jesus' name, buildings, space. Land flowing with milk and honey, the home of Canaanites and Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way of the, the, the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I got three points for you. Number one, come closer. You got to come closer. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. It's time to deal with that separation spirit. You get my English here? I know it's a bit broken. It's a bit Scandi, video, uh, American, uh, whatever. I remember my English teacher, though, and, and one quote. I repudiate your pedulant expostulations, young man. So, okay. But, listen. Today is the day you deal with withdrawal, loneliness, excluding yourself from the promises and plans of God. There's something special about the wilderness. And um, I think there can be a wilderness not only in the outback. You can have it in the city. You can have it in your family. You can have it in the community of believers where you're at. But that wilderness, in the far side of the wilderness, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames from, of fire from within the bush. That is the place where Moses found the mountain Horeb, which is also called the mountain of God. This is the place, you know, later when Moses strikes the rock and water drinking water is flowing out of the rock it's a very special location and a special place and i preached about this event in different ways for for a long time i'll tell you that i've been preaching for you can hear me i say i've been preaching for more than 40 years so now i can start to imagine how old i am this moment deals with all what moses are struggling with raised in the royal palace privileged wealthy I got it all I know it all well educated but listen still out of place still out of place not finding where he truly belongs isn't this the emotions we go through in life being unfulfilled being in the wrong place many times we feel on the run from the consequences of past failures past mistakes the place for the rejected the misunderstood the outcasts still there's a positive edge to that because a church filled with those people it's kind of the church I like. It's like a little holy rebellion. People who, you know, people who just want to break out of the box. I mean, they be misunderstood and they may be rejected, but there's a, an urge on the inside. I never really fit in in church when I grew up. I felt, still I knew it was a great place. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit there. I sang the hymns. I was a part of the youth group, but still there was an edge. You know, and I, I had this other side of my life. You know, I was driving my car and I had my old cassette player there and I put in my favorite bands there and Rush was there playing Tom Sawyer and I was driving to church and I pressed out the cassette and went into church, got 40 years older and worship God and then I after the service came back to my car and pressed in that cassette and I felt like God why couldn't this be church 
with another content with another seriousness with another spirituality but couldn't we connect in another way with my generation or or the next generation or and what we see across the world today is practically that taking place listen the mountain is also the place for all of you who wanted to do everything the right way and still everything came crushing down the mountain is you know Moses wanted to do the right thing and then he killed somebody this is the place also for those who kept serving and then suddenly started to get disillusioned questioning everything dismantling all the great stuff that you've experienced and suddenly got weary at that place far away there is a mountain and today I speak to you that this place where God appears in flames of fire is what you need because if God doesn't show up there's nothing and the presence of God changes everything today is a day when you actually need to be set on fire for God for the rest of your life it's time to come closer because what usually separates us from his present presence are important things if God is present everywhere because he is omnipresent why do we sometimes feel that he's so far away you know like Adam and Eve they were walking in the they, they, they were in the garden and 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 and, um, and Genesis 1 it says you know that that God was walking in the garden crying out or, or at least you know speaking out you know where are you and they were hiding from him because they've sinned something happened and Adam and Eve sinned and they were driven from the presence of God and spiritual death is a separation of man from God and Romans 6 says that the wages of sin is separation so sin is the result of breaking the will of God violating God's will that is what we call sin and God is calling us to forgive and to be forgiven so it doesn't really matter if somebody else hurt you because if you continue in anger or cynicism towards God it's a sin and it will separate you from God so sin occurs when a person is drawn away by his own desire James 1 and listen to this not even the devil can make you sin he can't make you sin he will tempt you he will try to lure you in but he can make you sin sin is always a personal choice therefore I'm talking a little bit more like a dad now therefore my friend come closer come closer are you with me and I know you know instantly some somebody is just like being you know struck okay oh convicted okay I got to deal with this oh I know about that situation I, th this thing happened to me this is something I did or something like that that is sin God's going to help you with that so you got to come closer amen? amen that was the father also speaking speaking to son saying hey son I know you messed up but we're going to solve this come clean come clean today you're going to be part of what God is doing here come clean number two stop hiding so you got to come closer and you got to stop hiding so what what is this thing about stopping stop hiding it's time to open up coming out of the shadows Exodus 3 where we read you know about Moses he said when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look God called him from within the bush Moses Moses and Moses said here I am here I am and that is the crunch you know that that is the crossroad here I am 
They are the same words that God is looking for today when he's speaking to you. Here I am. So when God is calling, let's, let's have another uh, individual here or, or a, a, a person in scripture like Isaiah. When God is calling him, he sees a vision of seraphim, angelic beings with six pairs of wings calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah answered the call, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. So you got to come closer. But you also need to step out of the shadows and stop hiding. Do you want to experience the power of God's presence in your life, a Holy Spirit-filled life? You need to answer that call by saying, here I am. Here I am. But Moses, he's still doubting. Isn't it? really interesting that we can hear God speak we can be in an environment when God is just moving and we're still doubting our abilities even when God is saying I want you I want you I want you to step out I'm covering it I've got it all covered I got it all you know lined up come on in and we're still doubting our own ability and Moses says, you know, in, in, in verse 11 here in Exodus 3, he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? So you have this revelation of who God is, and God actually makes a, a, an effort to communicate, to reach you. And he speaks to you, I want you, and you're saying, who am I? When it's on him. It's on him. But you're still doubting, and I see, you know, God is a giver and he's holding nothing back, loving his children and the promise is given to all of us. And there's nothing like being touched by God. And God says in verse 12, I will be with you. I'll be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it's I who have sent you. When you've brought up the people of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain again. So there's a connection point again at the same, very same mountain. And I'll get back to that in a little while here. So this is what the presence means to us. Understanding that this has nothing to do with your qualifications. It's nothing to do with your credentials. It has nothing to do with what you have done. But it has everything to do with Him. Everything to do with Him. Do you get this? So if he's holy and he's sovereign and he's raising you up and he's restoring your life, are you ready for a move of God in your life? Are you ready? Are you ready for a move of God? Number three, you got to start moving. Well, this is the time he has given us. To make an impact. I love what you're talking about rock nations. You know, I love shaking up a young generation. And of course, you know, this is my second language and I get a little like, there's a little like, you know, you're chewing on glue. You know, like, you know, you, you want to be free and you want to just move. And, but just this thing, shaking up the nations, shaking up young people, shaking up the young generation, shaking up, you know, the, our whole identity uh, uh, of, of, you know, all this rejection, all this, you know, excuses that we're filled up with. It's time. It's time for us. And that's why I'm so excited about seeing a church like this church, when you come in and worship together, there is something actually that's been stirred up. The chains are off. Can you see that? The chains are off. So when we look at a scripture like this and, and, and a story like this, um, it's interesting that, that Moses, even though he's at Mount Horeb, he is doubting his calling. He's wrestling with his own abilities. But he also learns that God is the God of miracles. And he realized that God's, God wants to use what's in his hand. So in, in, in chapter 4 in Exodus, uh, Moses answered the first three verses there. 
what if they do not believe me or listen to uh, me and uh, say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. The doubt, if we have anything to bring to the table, is something we all struggle with. Is what I have worth anything? Is, that, is this gift, I mean you have the other group of people also, you know, that they, they, they actually suck at something and they think they are the greatest, you know. We know, and we, we, we know those TV shows, you know, talent shows, you know, The Voice or whatever, and you know, they can't sing a lick, but they think they are amazing. I think those first two, three shows, you know, the episodes are the best ones, you know, when they actually suck at it. And then my, my mother told me I'm great, you know, and my brother told me I'm phenomenal and I can, you know, and I just, I just like, and then I, sh I then I turn it off. You know, I don't, I don't watch any other episodes than the first ones there, but just like, how about a reality check, my friend? But the thing is, most of us doubt if we had anything to bring to the table. And we've all struggled, I guess, with the curse of comparison. I have, and I guess you have too. And Moses is struggling because he's weary and he's tired of having nothing. You go from having everything to having nothing. Going, living in the palace, now you're in the desert. Maybe you hear, you know, you had all of the stuff. You had all these great things and then you just ruined it or you know stuff happened to you and you ruined it and when Moses is struggling he's struggling even at the very point where God is saying I am sending you it's a paradox so God is speaking to you in person God is sending you in person. There's no other there. You can't, you know, debate, you know, it, it doesn't mean, you know, you mean somebody else here in the crowd here, you know, like some of you will do in, in a short while here when we have the altar call. No, it's not me. It's somebody else. No, it's you. You know that, you know that feeling? So Moses is there singular, you know, he's, he's there in the desert. You no, know, God is somebody else, you know, you, you know, scorpions and snakes and pigeons or whatever <laughs> but it's me and then God asks him and this is a very important thing what's in your hand and he throws it on the ground you know the story there sometimes we think we have lost everything listen now this is prophetic to you sometimes we think we have lost everything but we still cling on to the absolute last things we have. That's our crutch, our staff. Even if it's small, it's something we have in our hands. And God asks us to give it all. I got nothing. The only thing I have is my wound or my hurt I have nothing the only thing I have is my voice I have nothing the only thing I have is my theological reasoning I have nothing I only have is my failure I have nothing the only thing I have is my shame I have nothing the only thing I have is my complaints about my mother or my father or the church I grew up in or the society I grew up in or the bad teacher I had or those who abused me I have nothing well that is what you cling on to and God says throw it all throw it all if you want to be free if you want to be set free you got to throw it all This is the true important crunch time, crossroad moment in your life when you have to throw it all. This is the whole place. We cannot stay in the shadows anymore. We got to use what we have for the kingdom and see how God can use even our failures or our wounds or our hurts. He can use everything. 
and it's a holy place and let me remind you that Mount Horeb is the place God's holy mountain you know this is the place where the people of Israel later on they stripped off all their ornaments all their gold and diamonds and stuff they had you know they took it all off standing before the Lord we have nothing but you Lord that is also the place where the people of Israel later on worshiped God and they plotted the new course for the promised land sometimes when we strip it all off when we throw it all on the ground that's the moment when God's going to use us and listen then you can plot the new course for your destiny you understand what I'm saying is this for somebody let me end with this there is a location where we need to plot the course of our destiny I don't know about you but I've had many struggles and I need a fixed point where I plot that course the course is planned for me and today can be that fixed point I know a lot about GPS's and navigating I tell you that but if you're going to navigate into the fog and into the mist and into the unknown you got to know where you are and when you know where you are you can reach out for your destiny are you with me let's stand up I'm gonna make a very simple invitation and then I'm gonna hand over to pastor because we always do in our churches an invitation for salvation but first first this is an invitation for you who needs to throw out that stick throughout throw that last thing that you cling on to hindering you for that destiny are you with me are you with me this is a prophetic moment can we do it like this that we just in respect for each other that we just close our heads and bow our eye bow, bow our heads and close our eyes not bow our eyes and close our head keep your head open friend <laughs> I love this this is no mumbo-jumbo this is not any crazy thing this is this is real there's a release coming here where are you you just want to throw out all the stuff you use as an excuse for not serving him the way he called you to do what are you clinging on to in your past what are the gifts you're clinging on to that you feel that nobody has acknowledged, you know, and, and nobody sees how wonderful and great you are? You don't need to throw that down. All of it. It's, it's humility. It's becoming humble. And it's throwing all the excuses and all the failures down. Would you just raise your hand right now? Anywhere in the building. Oh, man. All over the place. We're talking about destiny shaping things here now. Wow. Make it clear and visible to me. This, this is for you. This is not for the friend next to you. This is for you. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. 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 All the way to the back. All over this place now. This is a very special moment here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. On the sides, anybody? On the other side here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. There's so many subtle hands here. It's almost like it's, it's, it's like a straw, you know, in the, in the wind. You know, it's just like so many sensitive signs and in the name of my Lord Jesus I right now set you free it's done it's done it's in the past it's done it's over with it's done there's a new season coming for you it's done now you just start worshiping you just start praising God now 
And you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My future is in your hands, Lord. Come on. Start worshiping him. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Rostidia masemento rolo nana mame bedaba. Rostidia rara sero rolo. Loro loro ne Father, I just worship you, Lord. And we declare freedom in the house. Freedom for every individual. They just poured it all out in front of you. They just threw it all out there. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Julian, please. Amen. Come on, the presence of the Lord. I know we've been speaking about that. Can we just lift our hands? I know we're here. And we sang earlier, so I throw up my hands and I praise you again and again with a hallelujah. I throw up my hands. I have nothing else fit for the King. Come on, this is a moment of freedom. You know, we're a shouting church and we're a loud church, but sometimes you just got to say, I'm free. I'm free. I receive my freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Not there might be. Not you got to earn it. Not you got to deserve it. Come on, let's engage with the anointing of the Holy Spirit here. Lord, we receive from your presence right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, like that. Like that man who came, sat with PJ in the church and said, what is this? I'm free. Lord, we thank you for freedom. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Beautiful. (laughs) Wow. And in your presence is the fullness of joy. Receive that, Lord. Rivers, floods of your spirit and joy and your presence. Can we just say, Here I am? Send me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can we thank PJ for that incredible word? Beautiful, amazing. You know, I don't know, perhaps you're a guest here today. There's I thing I sort of heard a story that you got helicoptered in and dropped into a Siberia or something and had to work your way out and killed bears on the way out and different things. I mean, seriously, seriously. You seen The Revenant? Yeah. So he sort of... That's how he does his downtime. Guys, we're not, we're not quite close. There are people here today that need to come to Jesus Christ. There are people that need to come to Christ. We've responded in a, I think everybody's responded here in some way. Saying, God, here I am. Amen. But perhaps you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Quite simply, I can look back to October the 8th, 1984 at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon 
when I went from, to use the, the scriptural language, I went from darkness to light, from being lost to being found, from being dead to being alive. This is not a clean up act. This is not a feel better about yourself and you know, you're awesome. No, that's not what we're doing here. We're saying you need a saviour. And His name is Jesus. And that's the only way to have eternal life. The Bible says to repent and believe and be baptised. To repent means just change the way you've been thinking. You've been going in this direction and God's over there. And He's not a long way off. When you turn around, He's right there with you. He's been following you every step of your way through your life. He's there, but today will you turn around? Will you turn around from just doing life by yourself? Will you turn around saying, there's many ways to God. Will you turn around from your Islam? Will you turn around from your Hinduism? Will you turn around from your humanism? Will you turn around from your atheism? Will you turn around from your religiosity? Will you turn around from your independence? Will you turn around from your pride or your arrogance? Will you turn around and come to God today? and say, Jesus, I receive You as my Lord and my Saviour. It's a moment of salvation. With every eye closed and every head bowed in this place, I know we've already been praying here and we've all been responding in so many ways. But if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or you know today is a significant day for you when you have to say to God, God, I'm coming back. We've all responded in some way today, but you know what? There are times when it's significant. You know, PJ was taken by a helicopter into Siberia. God's brought you here today for you to come to Jesus Christ. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, with a confidence and with a boldness, of a quality decision in your life by the power of, the, of what God's doing in your life right now, saying, will you come to me? If that's you today, come on, just be bold and be strong and say, yep, that's me. Will you lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please? Say, yep, I need to receive Jesus. God bless you at the back. Is there anybody else here today coming to God for the first time or significantly coming back to Jesus? Come on, don't leave this room. I know this is our nine o'clock service. We don't have a lot of guests here, but you may be here today and you know you need to come back to God or you need to come to Him for the first time. Is there anybody else in the auditorium? Wonderful. Let's all pray this prayer together, especially those that have responded. Say, Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me, that You sent Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to give me life. I receive You, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour, my friend. By the help of Your grace and Your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Awesome.